Good morning. Thank you, Ken. Good morning. Thank you for coming to worship today. I got to tell you guys, in first service, um, we had a really special time. The Lord's presence came in a very unusual way and blessed us. And I'm trusting in this service, too, that the Lord will speak to you right where you are. That was my prayer as I drove over here this morning. Lots of people come here to worship. And we come here this morning to grow in the Lord. And I'm so honored to get to partner with Pastor Duane and Bernie and Al and the whole team here, Merle. They just always make me feel so welcome. I feel a part of the Rez family. Uh, my wife, Jane, and daughter, Anna, are here with me this morning. And so it is fun for our family to get to hang out with you. And then I don't know where Ken's taking me for lunch, but he's paying, so it's going to be a good day. Just kidding. Um, I'm going to tell you a Bible story today, simple Bible story. Some of you have heard it. Some of you honestly probably never heard this story. It's a simple story. And one of the things I love about Bible stories is they relate to our lives. They're in the Bible for a reason. So this story is kind of an odd story. If it happened at your house this afternoon, you would freak out. You'd be like, this is crazy. But I got to take you there. It's a story that happened in the nation of Israel. Uh, Israel at that time, hard to believe, after God did so many miraculous things for Israel, they were in what was called a state of apostasy, meaning they kind of just turned away from anything religious, godly things, and they worshiped this huge statue called Baal. It was just a statue. And they would kiss, listen, listen to this, the people. It would be like after service, us having that kind of worship, and afterwards, you come up and kiss the feet of this big statue, and that's supposed to give you cess and seduction. It was very sexual. And so they're trying to get this society of sexuality and success and seduction, and they kissed Baal's feet. Crazy. I mean, these were people who saw miracles of God, and they had turned to complete apostasy, turned away from God. And there was only a remnant of people who still believed in God. The Bible says there were 7,000. We don't know if it was a literal number or if it was just a statement that there were some people who did not give up hope in God. And one of them, his name was Elisha. You probably heard the name of Elisha. He got the double portion from Elijah, this great prophet. And Elisha, we're going to use the analogy of like Pastor Duane. Pastor Duane has a group of men and women who work around him. They're kind of his, his people that come alongside him. Elisha had that too. And one of those dudes, one of those dudes that worked for Elisha died. And that's where our story starts. You can read it later. You can read along now if you want to. It's in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. I'm just going to tell you seven verses. I'm going to tell you the verses. I want you to hear the story so it comes alive a little bit. So this woman whose husband just died, the woman whose husband worked for Pastor Duane, just died. And she called out to Pastor Duane, Elisha, and said, hey, your servant, my husband is dead, and he left me with a lot of credit and two sons, and I need some help. That's what she said. That's the story right there. She went to Elijah and said, Elijah, my husband, your servant is dead. And I have two sons and the creditors are coming. Now you got to get in that society when you had bad credit. Like if I died today and I had bad credit, Jane would have to give our children to whoever we owed money to. And they worked for him to pay that money off. That's the way it worked. Your children were taken away from you. They served as long as that person wanted them to serve to pay off the debt you owed. And then they were given back. So I want you to get the picture. I want you to get, because I don't know what your story is walking in this morning, but I want you to hear this woman's story. She's living in a society that is just absolutely rotten, sick society compared to America. We look sometimes and go, boy, we're going down the tubes. Let me tell you something. Israel at this point was way on down the tubes. 
And here's a, here's a mom with two boys whose husband just died, which would mean she had no rights because women didn't have any rights. And she's living in that society and the creditors are coming. In other words, hopeless. She felt hopeless. And she calls out to Elijah and said, can you help me? And he said to her, what do you got? What do you need? And she said, well, I don't have anything. And he said, no, no, what you, what you got at your house? Elijah said, what you got back at your house? And she said, nothing. He goes, nothing, really? You don't have anything. She said, well, well, you know what, Elijah, I forgot. I do have one bottle of oil. One jar of olive oil. That's all she's got. And Elijah said, okay. What I want you to do is I want to go around, I want you to go around to your neighbors and I want you to ask them for empty jars. And then he said, don't ask for a few. In other words, go and load up on empty jars. So what he said, go load up on empty jars. So the lady did what he said. She went and got, I got one back here. She went and got her little red flyer radio wagon, whatever that thing is. And she began to go around her neighborhood and she began to fill it up with empty jars. You guys get they didn't have red flyer radio wagons. I get that. But she went and got something and she walked with her two boys around the neighborhood loading up on empty jars. Just going to each neighbor. Need some jars. You got any empty jars? Huh? Can you give me all you got? Well, well, ma'am, you, you, already, you already got your wagon full. I know, but I need more. Well, it's just, why do you need all those? I don't know. <laughs> well, what you gonna put in them? I'm not sure. I didn't know I was supposed to get a lot of empty jars. Let me show you something about us. Sometimes we don't wanna be obedient to what God calls us to do because we don't know where the end result is going and we like the end story first. You know, she could have easily said, I'm not going to go around and ask people. You know how silly I'm going to look? Walk around my neighborhood asking people for empty jars? No, Elijah, why don't you just come up with some jars? Ask your buddies if they've got some. No, that isn't what she did. She went around the neighborhood and she asked for empty jars. And she didn't ask for one or two. She asked for a lot, so much so that she had a big old, I think she had a lot of them, the boys and her carrying all these jars. Even imagine her with all this stuff. I mean, like right now, if I went around my neighborhood with this thing going, y'all got any empty jars? Somebody would be going, good grief, you got enough. But she said, I mean, he said, don't ask for a few. So she didn't. She loaded up. Today, I, I guess I would just start by saying, has God asked you to do something and you don't want to take the first step of obedience because you don't, you don't want to just look silly walking around with a bunch of empty jars? Maybe you need to be obedient to the first thing he's asked you to do, then he will reveal the second. That's the way God works. God, God doesn't say, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the end result. Now go obey me. Nope. He says, obey me even when you don't know where it's headed. And I want to tell you, this is not the easiest thing in the world to do. A lot of us sitting here today already know what we need to do. Our empty jar collection, we know what we need to be doing. But we kind of hesitated. We kind of waited. We're going to wait and see if just like somebody drops off some empty jars at the front door. And that's not the way it works. So she loaded up on all these empty jars. Listen. And then the Bible says, she went back to Elijah and said, I got the jars, Elijah. I got a ton of them. I didn't ask for a few. Check it out. 
And Elijah said, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go in your house and I want you to close the door behind you with your two sons. There's a story in there, by the way. I won't make this point, but there's a point in there. I'll make the point. I won't make it a long one. But the point is, sometimes we don't need to do what we do for everybody else to see. So she closed the door. She closed the door with her two sons, and she opened up the little jar. She said, all right, son, hand me one. Hand me, hand me an empty jar. So he handed her an empty jar, and the Bible says she filled it up and passed it to the other son. He set it down. Another one, have y'all ever been out, like, with a hoe, a garden hose, and you start filling up, you know, with, with water in and something, and, and you, God, guys, hurry, bring the next one. Let's go. Well, that's what seems to be happening here. This little olive oil jar seemed to turn into a hose because the Bible said she just feel it. Hurry, son. Get. Yeah, thank you, son. Put that. There. Give me another one. Come on. It's coming, boys. It's a coming. Good Lord. That stuff's a flowing. I want you just to imagine if this happened at your house this afternoon. Would this be cool or what? You'd say to somebody, get your phone. Get this on Facebook. Good Lord. This is awesome. <laughs> crazy story right there. That's a crazy story. She got down there and she'd fill up every jar and she said, need some more, need another jar. And her son said, mom, there ain't no more jars. And then the Bible says, the oil stopped pouring. And she went to Elijah and she said, look at these full olive oil jars. And I, I don't know this for sure, Bible doesn't say, but I'm guessing the oil that got in those jars was probably like premium grade. Because I don't think God puts junk oil in us. So she's got this premium oil. She walks up. They say, oh, that's some good oil right there. Well, I'll sell you a jar because Elijah said, go sell it. And then pay off your creditors and then there'll be enough for you and the boys to live on. That's the end of the story. So she, she, took, she went back to the same neighbor. She just took the jars from, hey, I got some olive oil for you. <laughs> well, ain't that my jar? That is your jar, but taste this oil. I take some of that. Well, it's going to cost you a little bit. So she sold it back to him and went on with her life. And I tell you today, there's somebody walked in here with an empty jar. You need it filled up. You need, listen, words from human beings can be encouraging. But when the Holy Spirit puts his oil in your empty jar, it is the best possible solution for your life. I love people. I love it when people encourage me. It's funny. Pastor Al uh, and I were talking in the green room before first service, and I was just trying to encourage him, give him a bit of encouragement. After first service, because the Lord's spirit flowed so beautifully here, he was just filled up. And when we were back in the green room, I said to him, Al, I could sit here all day and tell you good stuff, encourage you, thank you for what you do, etc. And it would be nice but the Lord filled your jar up this morning. He goes, he really did. I just have a whole different countenance. See, when the Lord grabs your empty jar and fills it up with his spirit, it is the best. It passes anything man could do. And that's what happened in this story. God showed up and touched this lady's life. And she had to recognize that, wow, he took pretty much a situation where there was no hope and he gave me hope. In first service this morning, as I told you, some unusual stuff happened. And I had prayed before service. I had prayed as I worked on this the last couple of weeks. I had prayed, Lord, if there's a lady like this in this service today, 
a, a woman, a single mom, a situation where she's widowed, a situation where the husband's left. Well, you just maybe has two sons. I don't know the story. But Lord, if there's a woman sitting in the sanctuary this morning, if there's a single dad, a single mom, a single individual who feels like the woman in this story, will you just touch their heart? And I, I, wanna just, I just want to show you just something really cool that happened. So we had a special prayer time. Something happened during worship. We began to pray. And I went down to pray by myself. I, I went down here and I knelt right over there by myself. I didn't go down to pray with anybody. I went down to pray for me. And I was down there praying. And while I was praying, I just opened my eyes. And right beside me was a mom with two children. And I reached over to her and I said, can I pray for you? And she told me her story. And I prayed for her. Really tough situation. Found out she's a single mom with five children. And I was just like, Lord, this is the woman in the story right here in our sanctuary this morning. She needs your oil today. There's more of you in this service, too. And I want to start with some observations about this story that I want to show you about your life. Watch this. Here's the first. It's very simple. God can use whatever you have left. There's somebody sitting here today. You go, I got nothing, Dan. Uh, no, you don't have anything. Well, I got an old pair of shoes. Oh, okay. Don't say you got nothing. God can use an old shoelace if he needs to. You may feel like you got nothing. I don't know how to pay this. I got creditors. I got that. I got that. I don't know your circumstance. And it is not a man who will fulfill this for you. It is the Lord God of heaven. I'm just telling you, based on that Bible story, based on what I saw him do in that single mom's life this morning, based on Pastor Al's situation this morning, I'm just telling you, God is God and he can use an old shoelace because God's God. And I'm challenge you to stop your stinking thinking and start believing God can do something with whatever is left with your life. Because see, somebody here would say, well, Dan, I, I, you know, when I was 20, I started out, I wanted to be a missionary for the Lord, but I ended up making some bad choices. And I did this and I did this and I did this. And I did this. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. And you've come here and now you're 60 and you never feel like your life has made a difference for God. Did God ever say, I can't use you after the age of 60? Have y'all ever read those Bible stories where them men who were 80 and 90 had a kid? I guess God can do whatever he wants. I'm asking him to spare me that one, but he can do whatever he wants. What I see so often is God gives us an opportunity, watch this, and we squander it. So I watched a guy last Friday and Saturday, a guy, I watched it with my own eyes, I watched a guy who would say, I got nothing left. And he was given a provision. He was given, I watched it. He was given an opportunity, a beautiful opportunity. And I watched him totally squander it. And here's what I know he'll do on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. He'll say, God doesn't ever help me. I want to say to him, nope, buddy. He tried on Friday and Saturday and you blew it off. I want to say to somebody here today, life sometimes comes down to making good choices. This lady had to make a choice. When Elisha said, go get empty jars, you, you guys all get, she could have walked away and said, I'm not going to do that. She did it. Empty jars. Empty jars. And I'm saying to you today, if the Lord has given you, maybe even by having you be in the sanctuary this morning, hearing this message, this might be your opportunity to go, what am I going to do with it? Don't squander it. 
Point number two, as I read the story, when you're in the middle of a miracle, don't miss it. When you're in the middle of watching God do something that's beautiful, don't miss it. And this morning, you get the opportunity to watch my life as I did just that. I'm going to show you how I squandered missing a miraculous moment God was doing in my life and my family life because I was on to the next thing. I want to show you what I did. I'm your testimony of what not to do. You have prayed for my daughter, Anna, for over five years. Uh, she's sitting right now with Jane. She's going to hear this entire story. I told her I was talking about it this morning. She said, what you going to say? I said, well, you'll see. <laughs> so for five years, many of you have prayed for her. You've come up to me. You've written me notes. She doesn't even know about some of that. Some of you have come up to me after service. How's your daughter? You have asked me for five years. Well, I can tell you this, and it's only by the grace of God, um, only by the grace of God. She's sitting here by her mom today, and she is, like growing up, her nickname was Bubbles. And I told her last week, my Bubbles is back. She is, she is so joyous. She is so growing in the Lord. She's loving to be around her dad. We shot basketball the other day. We, we hung out and did some stuff together. She is a delight to be around. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I didn't do it. God did something miraculous. And here I sit with my daughter back in my house. She has her own place, but she's over at the house the other day. Watch this. I'm just, I want to show y'all something. It is literally a miracle what God has done in Anna's life. And I'm celebrating and it's absolutely amazing. And those of you who have prayed to thank you, but I want to show you something. So I'm sitting in my house. She's sitting right over by the counter. I'm in the living room. She's over in the kitchen by the counter. She's sitting there on a stool talking to Jane, having fun, laughing. I don't know. She just, she just laughs now. It's just fun. Her whole spirit has changed. That used to keep me, y'all get, I didn't sleep well for five years. I struggled. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to stop doing winning at home because it didn't seem like I was winning at home. I didn't know where my daughter was. It stunk. And for five years, I have begged God, will you do a miracle? Will you change her? And he brings his olive oil hose and he fills up her jar. And now her jar is full. She's sitting over there. Everything's not perfect, but we're going in a crazy, awesome, good direction with a full jar. Watch this. And now, what? watch this. Dan Seaborn here, I've moved on to my next thing I need from God. Because that was already passed. Now he took care of that. So now I'll find another thing that keeps me up at night. And I'll find another thing to worry about. And I'll find my next thing. Well, God, God, are you, are you not looking here? Do you not, are you not showing up for me? Are you not going to help me? And he just slapped me upside the head the other day, sitting in my living room going, look over there on the bar stool, dude. And I'm like, yeah, God, wow. She hasn't sat there for five years like this. And I, I missed her sitting there because I'm thinking about the next thing I need from you or want from you. Or you're not thinking about me. Holy smokes, God, I really botched this thing up. What if God said to us, I tell you what, you've prayed and begged me to do a miracle here for five years. Why don't you spend five years praising me before you ask for the next thing? Because I guarantee you there's some of us sitting here in this morning in this sanctuary, God has done some cool things for us, but you forgot about that because you're on to your next thing. And I'm telling you, I am your example of what not to do. Learn from me. And know in this story 
that I don't think this mom missed the miracle. I believe when that door was closed and she was in there with two boys, come on, these are normal people. I think she would have said to him, can you boys believe, can you kids see, don't ever forget what you're seeing God do. Your dad preached some good sermons, but he didn't do squat compared to this. This is crazy stuff right here. This is crazy stuff. And I'm telling you, for the rest of her life, I think she's probably known as the olive oil hose woman. I think when she went to the neighbor's house, they'd be like, touch my jaw oil, honey, touch my jar. I think, well, I can't do nothing with your jaw. Well, just touch it, because I know what God will do with yours. And I don't think she finished her life forgetting about what God did. And I challenge you, uh, I need to remember I sat and cried during worship today. I was watching my daughter worship, and I started crying, going, good grief, Lord, I've waited five years for this. I'm not going to miss this moment. And so when God does something really cool, make sure you praise him. Lord, I'm going to pause because we're guilty of that. Some of us in this room right now have seen you do some amazing things, but we're on to the next thing, and so we need to stop a moment, go back, visit your awesomeness, Thank you for your mercy and grace and praise you that you did something that I now can sleep because of. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Third point I want to tell you is this. Watch your credit line because sometimes creditors don't have your best interest in mind. Now, for those of you who are loan officers, I thought, oh, boy, they're going to get mad at me. Look at me. I'm not. Thank you. I have a house because of you. Thank you. I am paying on my house because of you. Thank you. But sometimes you need to know about us as people. We're gullible. Something happened here in this family situation. Bad credit, things happened, and they were in a pickle. And so when this husband died, his wife was left in tough shape. Can I just tell you, I think one of the things we can learn from this story is don't leave the people. When you die, don't leave people in worse shape. Work at it. Think about it. Try to leave them in better shape. When you're gone, then they were just do what you can. And here's what you need to know. We're gullible people, man. Commercials, uh, they're designed for those of us who are gullible. Come on, you, you guys get that, right? You get that credit is so fun in our society, right? You can get about anything you want. You go get a car today. Come on down, man. Just buy the car. 25 years, no interest, no payment, then a free chicken. I mean, that's the, they'll do anything to get you down there to buy that car. I was watching a, a commercial on television. I actually saw another one this morning as I was leaving the house, a, a similar commercial. Have you seen these commercials on TV where the, it's a minute commercial, the first 10 seconds is trying to tell you some new medication or drug that's come out, you know, we'll call it testosteride. I don't know, pick, pick something, it's the first 10 seconds, you gotta get this, and so you what? First 10 seconds, hey, there's a new drug, you gotta try it out, testosteride, go for it. The next 50 seconds of the commercial, 10 seconds what it is. The next 50 seconds is telling you what it's going to do to you if you take it. But the whole time they're telling you that, there's pictures of mountains and the trees are swaying. There's women laying on couches. Over here there's a yacht and a sailboat and people are happy. But underneath all that video of all those pictures, here's what they're saying. If you take this medication, you'll die within 24 hours. The people who have tried it, even dogs, if dogs sniff it, it's done. Children have to run from this. I mean, they're telling you, that. you're hearing it, but you're going, but look at the pictures. They're happy. Because we're gullible. We're gullible. And some of us are in bad credit situations. 
because it just looks so good. And I'm just telling you, this story tells us, be careful with your credit. It'll get you. And don't raise your hand, but some of you can relate. Be wise with your money decisions or you won't have any. Rez does good guidance and teaching on giving your first fruits to the Lord. I, if you really want, I believe, God to bless your life, etc., then let him have your money. And then let him use it for his kingdom and to touch your life. And that's not a, that's, you say, give me. I'm saying to you, your money is a gift from God. Try to honor him fully with it. A next story thought that I want to leave you is a very simple one. I want to, this is very intentional. I want to say this to you. The fourth point I want to make from this story is this. You are not alone. You are not alone. There are some of you sitting in the sanctuary today. You're in a family, but you feel all alone. You don't feel like anyone understands you. You don't feel like anyone relates to you. And I'm going to do something challenging. I'm going to ask you to reach out for help, not just to God in heaven, but speak to someone. Res Life, I will say one thing I love about this church, all cultures, all shapes, all sizes, and we all come together. And we're not perfect people, but I believe in general, in this place, we love each other and we're going to try to help each other. Ask somebody for help. Don't ask them for a handout. Ask them for help. Don't feel like you can't ask someone. You know, last time I preached here, I said there might be, if you remember, I talked about there might be someone here, and this would be the last people who would want to call. I said, you might be a husband, you're struggling, you feel like you're violent with your family, you need help, you don't know who to talk to. I said, call me. I had about 10 people give me their phone numbers. I called them all. One person answered the phone and said, I thought it was just a setup. I didn't think you'd really call. I'm like, no, man. I said, I'd call him, call him. You don't have a situation in your life that there isn't someone else somewhere in the sanctuary to say, I'll help you. I won't do everything for you, but I'll walk alongside. Elijah didn't do everything for this lady. She had to go do all the work. He just told her, hey, I'll help you out if you'll do this. Sometimes you got to take some steps. You got to do some things. You are not alone. Ask for help. You're at a church that offers help. Ask for it won't do it perfect. Don't get in your mind. Well, I'm going to ask for help. And here's what it needs to look like. Wrong thinking. Ask for help and receive what is given, even if it's not your way. Because I'm guessing this lady could have said to Elijah, well, can you just, can you just give me a bunch of jars and fill them up already? Can I not have to go around and do anything? Because this would be a whole lot easier if you just hand me like a bunch of jars and they're full of oil. And in fact, is there any chance you and the disciples could sell them? Because you're men and they'll listen to men better. Than I'm a woman and these two boys. I... She could have easily said, I don't want to do it your way. But Elisha said, look, this is the way to do it. And she did it. And then I tell you, to me, the last part of this story that I want to learn from is this. I want you to be a good neighbor. So she went, she went to the neighbors. Can I have an empty jar? more than you're thinking they gave her the empty jars then she went back to the house hey would you like to buy a jar again they're going i just gave you that jar i know now i'm gonna sell it back to you more than you're thinking again <laughs> and the neighbor helped her on both sides I don't know how many people attend here on a Sunday. I didn't ask, but you know, three, four, five thousand. I have no idea, but I know this. 
I know that if we all left here and went out of this place and were good neighbors, um, this place would probably end up filling up. And more people would hear the name of Jesus. Like the testimony you heard on the screen, like Pastor Bernie said, every face in here is a person. Might be a large church, but you matter to God. He sees you right now. And I wondered what would happen if we all just left the sanctuary today. What, what if we just left here today and we went and found somebody who looks like in their life, they're holding, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, do you mind having me? So what if, what if you just found somebody, you know, I, I didn't set this up. But what if I just said, hey, man, you know, if you, if you got an empty jar today, I got a little leftover oil in my, in my stuff, and I'm going to give you a little bit, and, and I'm going to ask you, go pass that on to others too. What would happen if the multiplication factor happened and we started passing? Some of us have pretty full jars. What if we started passing a little out and trying to make a difference for Christ and inviting others to know this Jesus who does miraculous things with empty jars? Let's take this lesson of this story and apply it to our homes and our lives. And let's use our extra olive oil to encourage others so that they can grow in their walk with Christ. That's what I'm challenging you to do today. I'm challenging you to make sure you leave and be a good neighbor.